change their language. Okay, welcome everyone. I would like to call the regular meeting of Town Council August 8th to order at 5 p.m. We have the agenda in front of us and um, I understand there are some additions and deletions. So, uh, Ms. Bell, do you want to do them or should I? I have, uh, I'll provide the one deletion. I'm okay. Just opening technology is a little slow. Um, your worship and council administration would like to delete closed session item number one. Boyd Act Division 2, exceptions to disclosure, section 27, privileged information. Okay, thank you. And uh, there are two additions. Um, both are under in the closed session. So item uh, 14, number three, is going to be Boyd Act Division 2, exceptions to disclosure, section 19, confidential evaluations. And then a second addition, uh, section 14.4, that item will be FOIP Act Division 2, Exceptions to Disclosure, Section 24.1G, Advice for Officials. And are there any other changes? None, Your Worship. Okay, would someone please move the uh, acceptance of the agenda as amended? Uh, Mr. Good, thank you. All those in favor? None opposed? Great, it is carried. We have the minutes of July 25th, 2022, the regular council meeting in front of us. Are there any um, things of note there that uh, need edit? Good, someone could move. The oh, thank you, Deputy Mayor Scaramahorn moves the acceptance of the July 25th minutes of the regular council meeting. All those in favor? It is carried, thank you. Uh, we public hearings, we don't seem to have any today. Presentations, none as well. Bylaws, none. Unfinished business, none. So, here we go to uh, request for decision, the 2022-2025 Council Strategic Plan. And Mrs. Bell, you're, you're on. Thank you, Your Worship and Council. Um, <clears throat> the report is an update for Council in regards to their strategic plan. Um, administration did post a short time period of approximately a week and a half, almost two weeks for an online submission opportunity prior to council looking at potentially adopting the uh, document today. That feedback was posted as we received it. There were approximately three comments on, I believe, uh, Sunday, Monday that were added to your report. So if you refresh, you'll see those comments today. Um, the otherwise the plan is presented for council's uh, review and adoption this evening unless council would like to um, implement or take some of that feedback and do any adjustments to the draft some of the comments are definitely more strategic initiatives you don't necessarily have to include those within your existing document, you can operationalize or look at putting some of the, those comments within operational planning. So just leaving that for Council's uh, thoughts and direction. Well, it was good to get some feedback online, and uh, so I guess that was nice to see. Um, other than that, Councillors, um, 
some of the feedback mentioned smart goals and so on but I think that's kind of the next step when we start putting time elements to some yep. of the things so counselors any comments uh, thoughts mr. good well Juan, I'd like to thank people for taking the time for for participating I mean a lot of times you get no feedback at all and I think you know any feedback is really valuable to have um, I think I, I like the idea of passing the I, I basically would, what I would suggest is passing the strategic plan as it is tonight so we can get moving with the acknowledgement that there's going to be the second part of the plan which talks about more specific goals and more specific uh, because we had discussed measurable goals and we have to figure out how exactly how to put the measurements in place but as I said, goal, you know, it's like trying to play football without an end zone. If you don't know when you score the goal, you don't know when you had the win or the loss. So I think it's really important for be able to see what the goal lines are and, and, the, and the kind of commitments that we're making going forward. So one, appreciate people who took time to participate. Two, I think we pass it as it is. And three, we make sure that we acknowledge that those goals have to be kind of clear. Thank you. Other comments? Well, that was what I was going to kind of comment on as well as the, the specific side of things and, and and that certainly was a theme that came up in a lot of the responses so it's been addressed thank you councillor good okay other councillors and comments would someone care to put forth a motion councillor good I'll make the motion that we pass the that we pass the strategic plan as it is and proceed as we have planned. I don't get that last part of the motion, but that we pass it as, as presented. presented. Yeah. So we could adopt it as presented? Sure, that's, that's, that that's good. Yeah, yeah, I like that better. Okay, so Councillor Good moves the Council adopt the 2022-2025 strategic plan as presented. With thanks to all, and I would like to add with thanks to all that participated. With thanks to all that participated. Okay, any further discussion? All those in favor of the motion? Opposed? It is carried. Thank you and thanks staff for uh, helping to get to this point. And now we really look forward to the detailed stuff. Mm. <laughs> okay, the, the next item we have is the um, request for decision, uh, fire truck request. Uh, Chief Harris, I believe, is speaking to this. Yes, yeah, your worship and um, council. Um, so the fire department is seeking to purchase a used uh, fire department vehicle from Northern Sunrise County to fill a vacancy in its fleet. Um, we've previously been operating an older unit um, from County Northern Lights as a squad unit. Um, this unit had a malfunction in May of last year, which uh, was too cost prohibitive to, uh, to repair. At that time, Northern Sunrise County suggested possibly the use of their fire department vehicle uh, as, a, as a stop fill. Um, and then through communication with the, the Northern Sunrise County and their council, uh, we came to an agreement to rent a unit for nine months um, from them. So that agreement has now expired. Northern Sunrise County was inquiring as to how we wish to proceed. Uh, I made some suggestions to the CAO of North Sunrise County to extend the rental agreement for a further 12 months to purchase the unit or return the unit if they wished. 
Um, at their council meeting on July 12th, they moved to offer the unit for sale to the town for the sum of 20,000. Um, so during the time we've had the, the unit, the, the 2015 tower hall, it's been very useful to us. We've used it for transporting personnel to fire scenes and to training. We've used it for medical responses rather than taking the big trucks. Um, we've used it as a command unit as well, because it basically it's a fire department vehicle. It's equipped with the lights and sirens and everything uh, that comes with it. Um, and we have maintained the vehicle in the nine months we've had it as part of the agreement. Um, it has always been the intent for us to kind of replace that squad unit with a light rescue truck, so um, something like a heavy-duty pickup type unit with um, sort of custom box on the back of the, the truck to, to carry some rescue tools, uh, medical response, that kind of thing. Um, it has been in the budget over the last few years, but it has kind of been deferred um, for other priorities. Um, so it's still my intent to submit that in the 2023 capital budget considerations. Um, and if even if approved then, we would not probably get a truck, anything in place until sometime next year, possibly third or fourth quarter next year. So basically we're looking for a, a vehicle to fill that um, operational need in the meantime. Um, this vehicle fits the purpose, um, the value of the that they have proposed um, is reasonable. I have looked up similar values and it is below that and comes complete with the emergency lights and siren already in place. Um, so really we don't have to do any more to it for our purposes apart from maybe putting our own um, piece of fire department decal on it would be the only thing that's needed. Um, and then as for disposal of this vehicle, we would look at that when the replacement is, uh, is in, the, in the hole. So my recommendation uh, for council is to uh, purchase the vehicle from Northern Sunrise County for the sum of 20,000 funded from the general capital reserve. Okay. So um, is this the, the vehicle that in the 2022 budget is called command truck? Or is that something else? There was a command truck in there. Uh, the thought being it would cost around seventy thousand dollars, I think. No, this is something that that's one of our regular command pickups. Um, we have two command pickups. Which one is due for replacement? So this is totally extra to what was in the budget. In a sense. Yes. yes. Yeah. Okay. And the command truck is still. Here, it's on order, it's coming, or what's its status? Well, that wasn't, it wasn't approved in the 2022 Okay, yeah, I'm looking at some page here that I thought was the approved one, but perhaps not, which leaves $70,000 just like that, so that's good. <laughs> We're only spending 20 on this one. Okay, you'll see it next it. year. Next year? Okay. <laughs> well, that one is an even bigger chunk, according to this page. But anyways, um, so uh, $20,000 for 2015 um, vehicle and funded from the General Capital Reserve Fund, which I assume has monies in there to cover that. That's correct, Your Worship. The web still says yes. Okay, other questions on this one? Uh, Councilor Ford. 
Well, first of all, I think the price is right. I, I do know the vehicle myself. I think this was uh, Julian's old vehicle from up the hill. Right. Yeah. yeah, so it's definitely well taken care of. Um, the question I have would be, you, like the used vehicle, um, is this vehicle in like really sound shape or are we gonna run into the same issue as we did with the peace officer car where it needed a bunch of work so we ended up buying something different? Or is this, this one gonna do the job? Um, as part of the agreement to maintain it, we've actually already spent some money on it okay. to, to maintain it and uh, there's some work they need to do on it. As part of the agreement that came under our, our expenditure, so we have actually spent some money on it already. So we don't foresee any major expenses on it in the future. Okay, thank you. Other questions, comments? Someone care to put forth a motion? Deputy Mayor? So I saw the hand move, so I, I defer. Okay, uh, Mr. Ford. <laughs> Yes, thank you, Your Worship. I put a motion on the floor that Council approve the Fire Department capital purchase of the 2015 Tahoe Fire Vehicle from Northern Sunrise County for the sum of $20,000 to be funded from the General Capital Reserve Fund 1-00-000-48100. Thank you. Any further comments, questions? Okay, all those in favor of the motion? It is carried. Thank you. Thank you, Chief Harris. Thank you very much. Okay, our next item would be the request from the Peace River Arts Club um, for the mayor to attend and speak at the Alberta Cultural Days event. Uh, CAO Bell. Oh. Um, yes, this request is attendance of the mayor's um, presence at the planned event for Alberta Culture Days on September 24th. So a request for an enabling motion uh, if the mayor is able to attend or ad ad and or designate. It is during a.m. It's a Saturday. So it'll be close. 23rd is Monday. You'll be back by the Saturday. Yeah. 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 Sounds good. Is this um, uh, like a community-wide? Yes. Yes, this it would be a full community event. Uh, the art club came and presented to council a number of months ago. Right, yeah. Yeah, and this is their event. Um, I'll, I'll make a motion. Unless there's more to discuss. Nope, um, I don't think so. But, um, so Deputy Mayor Scammerhorn has uh, moved that the mayor... Well, I haven't moved anything yet. Oh, I thought you were just making... Well, I'm about to. Carry <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. on. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to move this that uh, to, to enable um, all of council to attend because it is a community-wide event and and for the mayor to bring um, greetings. greetings. Thank you. Do you know the company? <laughs> it's not a long email, but I don't read fast. <laughs> Stop it. Anyways, that's my motion. Okay, Ms. Carson, you've got the motion? Yeah. Okay, all those in favor of the motion? All opposed? Good, it's carried. Okay, thank you. Um, next on, we have a uh, RFD for Rail Safety Week, which is September 19th to 25th, and uh, CAO Bell. 
Um, yes, Your Worship, this is a request from CN for a proclamation uh, rail safety week. We've actually done this, I believe, quite a few times in the past, um, with the railroad being a significant um, presence throughout the community. This is one of those important opportunities to assist a partner in their uh, safety messaging. So administration does recommend that council proclaim September 19th to the, through the 25th as Rail Safety Week in Peace River. Great, I would also like to suggest that as part of their safety element, that we write a letter to them about the um, uh, pedestrian snow cover. snow cover under the Trestle Bridge. And I've got some great pictures of that on my phone if you want them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and that we send it to both, uh, uh, Mr. Bannock, uh, Mr. Covey, who's the Chief of Security for North America, and also President of CN Rail and the person in charge of our area, whoever that might be. Could I, could I make a friendly mm -hmm. uh, suggestion that that's broken into two motions? Yep. Yep. So, um, first off, we have uh, the thoughts about a proclamation. Any motion for that? Thank you, Councillor Dirt. Yeah, I'll move that the Town of Peace River proclaim the week of September 19th to 25, 2022 as Rail Safety Week. Thank you. Any further comments, questions? All those in favor of the motion? Opposed? None. It's carried. Thank you. So, does somebody care to put forth a motion for? the mayor to write a letter. I can do that Okay, so Councillor Shannon. Motion for the mayor to write a letter regarding the snow cover. The repair. And the safety, any other safety. For the pedestrian. Yes. I don't know what you call it, walkway, but snow covered walkway, right? Uh, yeah. We'll flesh it out. Yeah. Sort of thing. Okay, <clears throat> thank you Councillor Shannon. Uh, all those in favor of that letter being written? Okay, it is carried. Thank you. Okay, now we have uh, Mr. Webstale up for request for decision on the draft bylaw for assessment and taxation of designated manufactured homes in a manufactured home community. One of our longer titles here. Thank you, Your Worship. Um, this is an interesting topic. It's something that has, for some time, been challenging for municipalities we're particularly feeling it in recent years. When a mobile home park is operated within a municipality's limits, the trailer park itself and the land thereof is treated as one entity. And then all the trailers that are there and pay a lot rental are treated separately. And the mm -hmm. owner of that individual mobile home receives a property tax notice just like any stick-built home owner receives one. The challenge is that many mobile homes have more in common, if you will, with a vehicle than they do with a traditional house, i.e. at such times they're no longer required where the, the owner is leaving the area, that mobile home can be sold and on relatively short notice it can leave the area. And sometimes when the economy is a little more challenging, you see more of that movement as people are maybe a bit more mobile and their mobile homes in turn also become more mobile. And 
when we're not aware of them as a municipality coming and going, we don't have a good handle on the taxes. So we know it's there, we issue a tax notice, but then we find out that it's changed hands once, maybe twice, and people are understandably concerned that they're paying taxes for an ownership period when someone else had it. This isn't an issue with houses, because traditionally, home buyers and sellers go through a law office. Registries is checked with land title, it's updated, we receive notification, but many mobile homes don't have quite as rigorous of a process, it's simply a bill of sale, they change hands from one owner A to owner B, and if we don't know, we can't update our taxes. So what we're finding is that sometimes the mobile home isn't in the community anymore, or sometimes it's a different owner. It's creating a significant workload in terms of administrating the property taxes on those mobile homes. So there have been changes made to the MGA in recent years that permit us, with a year's notice, to inform the public that we will be treating the mobile homes as an extension of the mobile park in which they're located. So the difference being that we'd send the assessment notice and a tax notice to the park owner, and we would say that we're holding you responsible and that they would amend the agreements that they have in place with their tenants to then pass those costs on. So the trailer park owner and operator would be the one tracking and then ultimately informing us as the municipality. In past years, the expectation was passed on to the property, the trailer park owners that were looking for this information, but it's been challenging and with COVID, it seems to have gotten worse. So what I've got in front of you is a little request for direction. Preamble of what I just described in a number of communities that we've looked at that in recent years have adapted a bylaw much like this one. The areas of the MGA that permit this and where it's documented how that would look. And the acknowledgement that this is not a major change to us, but it is to the trailer park owners. We're mindful of it. And what we're suggesting is something like this would be if it's something that council wishes to pursue, we would communicate this to the public, we'd reach out to the trailer park owners, get some feedback, get their thoughts, and if it was ultimately decided by council to go in this direction, we would implement it before the calendar year end, i.e. with a bylaw, that would then take effect one year from that time, i.e. January 1st of 2024. Questions, feedback? So the general intent would be Whoever owns the trailer park, mobile home park, they get the tax bill, they're responsible for paying it, and however they pass it on to the inhabitants of the park, that's their thing. That's correct, Your Worship. Okay, uh, Councillor Carr? How would that work, Terry? Would it, be, would it be based on the number of lots that they have? Because I know there are some empty lots in a lot of the trailer parks, some of them are are uh, lots that the, uh, the one across the river that they can't even use some of the lots because it's it's slid like how would how would you how would you assess that so that particular part wouldn't change at all the the legal lots the service land within the trailer parks is currently the taxes are levied against a trailer park owner and that would continue exactly as it is so if there's an impairment of their ability to rent out those lots 
if they haven't already, I would encourage them to reach out to KCLR assessor and let us know from an assessment point of view. But the legal land wouldn't change in any way, shape, or form. It's no, the, but how would you assess the trailers on the bus? You know, like, how would we know? Would they report, or would they report monthly as to how many trailers are on there and supply a, a set fee based on the number that are occupied? Like, is that how we would do that? Or? We would look to the, the property owners to reach out to us. They're, they're supposed to be doing that now per policy. But there's really no consequence if they if they don't. It's not their property, and their only recourse is against the mobile home owner. Again, the responsibility to continue to be the sorry the reporting responsibility would continue to reside with the park owner, and the tax bill would come to them. And then we look to KCL as our assessor to do frequent drive-throughs to go. Hmm, I see the lot's empty, but there's supposed to be something there. Trailer park operator give us an update where I see that something's there and it was empty last time. We really noticed this in the the older trailer parks where they're not worth a significant door value and they very, how should I say it, they change, exchange hands frequently and a lower door value means that it's really not cost effective to pursue them for the taxes the trailer sometimes isn't worth very much. And then there's the matter of if you put a lien against it, they may relocate to a municipality in which you're not required to disclose the, the serial number, so they just effectively vanish right off the radar. Unlike a house, which tends to stay in the area and, and be much easier to assess. I'm not, that was kind of a long-winded answer. Yeah. <laughs> answer that or not. It's going to be really, really difficult for anybody. Instead of us worrying about it, we're just passing it off to the owners of the property. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but I'm just saying it's going to really complicate things. It, that. it is and it isn't. Because logically, if each month they're assessing a lot rental, they ought to know what's there or not there which is our expectation of them today. It's just that getting that documentation to be shared with the town has been historically where we struggle mm -hmm. to get that information. This puts a bit of onus back on to the mobile park owner to track it accordingly. And report. And report, and in, in no way does it mitigate our responsibility and that of our contractor to, to get out there, feet on the ground, so to speak, and actually look and see what's what's in the trailer parks. Councilor Ben, um, question I have is: Are the is a trailer taxed on just it's on a lot? It's assumed to be X value and it's taxed, or or is each one assessed? Like if you have a a newer trailer, etc., it's taxed. It would probably be taxed. Am I correct? It would be taxed as a, a taxable asset to some degree. In other words, it would have more. A newer, more modern, more expensive trailer would probably be taxed higher than a 30-year-old trailer. All other things being equal, yes. Yes, all things being equal because mm -hmm. where they are can make a difference. So it's assessed yes. value of the trailer as an asset, correct? That is correct. Like a home, but different. Am I correct also that the tax 
theoretically follows the unit. So if I sell you the if I sell you my trailer for twenty thousand dollars and I owe twenty thousand dollars in tax and I just take off with the money, you bought the you bought the trailer for twenty thousand, but you're also going to owe twenty thousand dollars in taxes technically. Like if you buy a car with a lien on it, it it passes along with the asset. It passes that is correct. And sometimes trying to choose the words carefully, these are first-time homeowners, they're not the most sophisticated purchasers. So then we're in the awkward position of explaining to them, well, actually there's there's amounts owed to the town, Right. you are the legal owner, please pay these costs. It's, it's a challenging area to levy property taxes on. And our hope is that by putting the responsibility on the trailer park owners, a little bit more of an onus on them to educate, to inform people buying and selling within their area, these are the things you need to be aware of. Right now, it's currently not the problem of the trailer park operator. They're only responsible for the land, not the buildings on the land. So in, in this instance, um, in this scenario here, um, the property owner, his assessment, their assessment is the land and the trailers that are on the land? The, the total? Going forward, that would be our intent, Your Worship, is that we're treating as a combined package. It could split out on the tax notes and assessment notice, so much for the land, so much for the, the home on the land, and then it's the expectation of them to collect. And so it would be in their best interest to really keep track of what's coming and going so that the portion of the year that it's there or not there is known? Is known, and absolutely. And they're in the best position to do that, again, because in theory they're having weekly, sorry, monthly contact via the lot rental process. Uh, Councillor Ford? So, so just to, to add on to that then, so, for instance, house tax, I get my tax for the building, I also get the tax for the property. It's kind of divvied out there. Exactly. So how does it work then? If I lived in town, I owned a trailer in a trailer park, but I paid a lot rental fee. So me as the trailer owner would be paying the tax on the trailer, but not necessarily the lot because it's rented and that lot tax fee would be to the owner of the property. So what you're describing is the current situation where the property, the trailer owner is receiving a tax notice today and they're expected to pay taxes on the trailer and the trailer only. And then the trailer park operator is assessed on, they have say 40 lots and that combined parcels, but they're charged taxes and they pay taxes on that. But on, if everything went as suggested and to council, January 1st of 2024, the trailer park owner would receive a tax bill for the land and all buildings within their property area. So you as the landlord or the owner of that trailer within a trailer park would not would no longer see a tax bill from the town. Instead, you would see it from the trailer park operator. 
So you'll probably have some sort of agreement in place whereby you're paying a lot of rental, maybe some sort of a fee for some of the utility services there, garbage pickup within that area, depending on how they're structured, and a fee <coughs> for the taxation okay. of the trailer itself. Okay, that makes sense. Other questions? Uh, Councilor Good? I'm also making the assumption that the reason the, because I don't believe this was in the original NGA. So <clears throat> I'm just taking a leap of faith here, but I think it wouldn't have been. And my feeling is that the reason that these changes were put into the NGA was to allow the municipalities to address an existing problem, as most things that get into the NGA are put there basically because they're brought to the municipality by one group or another and municipalities consider it take it to the RMA or the AM or whatever, and then they're passed by motion, or they can go direct from government, but it's generally, these are in response to an existing problem. The obvious existing problem is municipalities aren't getting the tax revenues that they, quote, and I'll put in brackets, should get, because they've provided the services, they've done whatever they're doing to get that tax revenue, and they're not getting the, they're not getting the revenue. So this is a way of, and I agree with Brad, it is passing the problem on to a degree, but it's, it's passing, in my mind, it's passing the problem on to the one person who is also making a profit by running the business of housing. Um, like if I'm selling cars, as a car dealership, I have to be able to make sure those cars are lien free when I sell them. If they don't have it, I have a responsibility to disclose it. So there's responsibility to put on the dealerships and what we're doing is putting a like responsibility on the trailer dealership. Not the dealership is selling the trailer, but the guy who's making a profit by providing that, the pad to the trailer to the trailer owner, or like in your case, you mentioned the person who owns the trailer and rents it out to his friend. Still the owner is responsible for the tax. So it's just, it's just moving it to a person who's having a business in that area, same to me, it's very, very similar to responsibilities that are put on other businesses to administer taxes to a degree. I would fully agree, Councillor Good. Yes. Okay, so I think we've had our discussion. Would someone care to put forth a motion? To is there a motion requested, or is this just kind of for you to sort of get moving on the policy? Because I don't, I don't see any options for a motion. I think it would be a motion to direct administration to proceed with the development of the bylaw. Ms. Parsons? I had drafted a suggested motion that council direct administration to bring the draft bylaw regarding the assessment of designated manufactured homes um, to a council meeting for first reading and engage with impacted landowners to seek feedback and comments. That about sums it up. Can that was more thorough than our office. Make that motion so we don't have to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't saying that. So you're making the motion? Today? I'll make that motion, unless someone else wants to. But. Just a comment that there's a reason you're here. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so thank you both. Uh, took the words right out of my mouth. We're clear on, on Deputy Mayor's motion, yes? So when, when you're using the term uh, manufactured home, that could be a mobile home, and or um, ready to move out. Yeah. Okay. So, so like a uh, and like a Jandell home type thing. We try not to call them trailers. It's a, 
It's as defined in our land use bylaw, et cetera, et cetera. Let's go with that. There's yeah. a limitation that comes with trailers, yeah. so it's not. Part of the challenge is that some of these homes made in a factory do come, they actually get put on a basement, and they are, in our eyes, a house, okay. because they're permanently affixed to the land. So it might be an opportunity for us to take a look at our development and just clarify that these are things which are temporarily placed on land and not secured to the land. And one of the reasons why I asked that is because up on the West Hill, I'm not going to give addresses or anything, there was a manufactured home that was put into a neighborhood but was not put on a basement. It was put on steel pedestals. And Screw piles, which are a high quality <laughs> foundation, I might add. Yeah. If anyone wants to know yeah. more, like no basement. Sorry, bad timing. But but bad then timing. but then the next the next thing is that manufactured home moved yeah. and was taken off the walls. So in that situation, they would have been paying their taxes on the house-type property that they were at, I think. Yes, Your Worship, that would be our hope. Yeah. Our, our intent is, with the policy as we've drafted it, it's looking just at the mobile home parks. Yeah. Because it's very clearly they're in there as renters there's not an expectation they're going to be purchasing the lot and that the simplifier and all the taxes are levied on the lot and the house. It's really, we're most aware of this in the trailer parks just because of the transient nature of, of those homes that do come and go. And if it was a mobile area um, where people own their lots, we would be in a different situation anyhow. We would not. Generally speaking, it would be a different situation. Those homes tend not to move as often and it's a little bit clearer who owns and who pays exactly if i that's a good description right there okay any further discussion on uh, the deputy mayor's motion <laughs> i'm not going on that one um all those in favor of the motion opposed it is carried thank you mr wedsdale Okay, we're now on to information items and we have a briefing note with respect to the MPC minutes of May 31st and I can say that uh, Councillor Carr and myself were present, Councillor Good was absent for that one. Um, Councillor Carr, any summary? Um, this was the one where Sagatawa was... Yeah, no, I thought it was very positive. Um, yeah, the biggest, the biggest one was the the former Aladair Rec Center, I believe, and they were just showing us what they were doing. It looks fantastic. I think it's going to be a real, real asset, yeah. real, real positive for them. They needed a bit of um, variance on parking, and uh, we suggested they plant shrubbery, and they were quite agreed. Um, there was a, a chair is now uh, Terry Sawchuk, and vice chair is Tyrell Keeler. So that was new at that meeting. And now we're on to the next, unless any questions on that? Next question, or next item then is uh, the quarterly municipal policing report for the town of Peace River, which means from April 1st to June 30th. Um, CAO Bell, any comments? Uh, nothing specific from administration, Your Worship. 
uh, counselors, anything that you wish to bring forward? Lots of statistics here. I like their, um, the written part of, uh, well, it's page one of one and two, well, one through four of eight. I think that's a little easier to read for us. And good information, it tells us uh, what our priorities were or what the three top priorities for the district became as a result of their consultations. So, any comments? No? Okay, well, onwards then to um, the next one, the PB Mart Grand Opening. And I could speak to this that um, um, Councillor Good and Deputy Mayor Scannerhorn were there as well as myself. I got to cut the wire that they used as a ribbon. We were all given gloves for safety reasons, so it was a good deal. Uh, any comments on that one? Very nice store, by the way, if you haven't been into it. Councillor Shannon? I was supposed to be there too, but when I seen it was 7.30 a.m. and not p.m., I, I decided to forego that. 7.45. <laughs> no, if you got in line, you'd have got the $20 gift card. Yeah, the first 20 in line got we, we gift did, card. We did get it. Yeah, we weren't in line. Okay, so the next one, uh, CN. Um, Your Worship? Yep, yeah, sorry, yes. Uh, so there was there was three of you that attended? Yep. Yeah. Did I put a motion on the floor to enable those three counselors to... It was like 10 minutes. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you could do it though because but we did it officially. If you, so yeah, that's right. Okay, then I'd put that motion on the floor to uh, enable the three councillors that attended that to attend it. Okay, Ms. Parsons, that makes sense. Okay, all those in favor of that motion? Thank you. Okay, next one we have the CN Extreme Extreme Weather Risk Mitigation Plan. And um, this I received in an email, and Ms. Parsons has got it on the agenda here. Um, it's quite a lengthy plan, and um, all sorts of things are in it. Uh, firefighting, uh, when they notify the local municipality, who supervises what, and when they do this and that. Um, so, um, my thought is that maybe um, we would ask um, Chief Harris if he would have a, a good look at this and, uh, I don't know, somehow send input back to the CM. Your Worship, I, I forwarded this on to Chief Harris, I think. Yeah, so okay. I review it. Um, Captain Frame reviewed it as well. Um, no real, real feedback, as you said, as it's quite extensive. It does include their actions that they would carry out, especially in uh, hot, hot, dry conditions to prevent fires from starting. Um, yeah, it's basically fairly straightforward. We don't really have any feedback to them on it, unless there's anything that council wishes to. I was just wondering if we're happy with um, their grass cutting along the rail lines in towns and that I know they do an annual crossing something or other cleanup, but the the other lines in town, are we happy with them? Other than the pedestrian things. They do have policies and procedures for vegetation control along the, the tracks and uh, 
that extends a certain distance from from the rail line. Um, so we're kind of content that they could do better. Yeah, it, it's something we could bring up with the local. Uh, okay. Especially if there's specific areas that seem concerned, mm -hmm. might be worth bringing up with the local uh, contacts. Okay. Other than the national, this is more. Have you seen from the map there? Their system is pretty extensive. Down mm -hmm. this, this plan covers the whole of yeah. North America, yeah. Yeah. which is probably one very small part of that. Okay. Any further questions, comments for Chief Harris or the plan itself? Okay. Um, did they want us to write a letter saying we saw this or anything? I don't it just so. Uh, click here to provide feedback. Yeah, so I just had a look at that feedback form. It's just there's a form on the on the on the, on the website. So. Okay, so no, I don't think there's any communication required. Okay, so is somebody doing the feedback on the website, or should? Well, I can, but I don't think there's really anything yeah. to provide back to. Them. Okay, so. okay, gotcha. Okay, thank you. Thanks for reading through the plan too. Okay, the next one is the 2022 Alberta Day event. So um, I've received a couple of communications, one from Alberta municipalities and another, um, well, this one, I guess. Um, anyways, uh, as you know, September 1 is now Alberta uh, Day or something like that. And um, this is a grant opportunity for um, possibly the town to apply for a small grant for some activities that would celebrate that day. So here's the information. Any thoughts on this? Administration, any thoughts on this? I thought maybe a pancake <laughs> breakfast myself. <laughs> um, to be honest with members of council, the timeline on this is extremely short. Um, the other component is if we do not receive a grant, um, based on very basic advertising timelines, it places us in a position of must do regardless of um, receiving the grant or not. And we have not budgeted for an additional community event so um, your administration would recommend saying thanks very much this is something we'll look at planning for in 2023 the other other component is three weeks less than three weeks later you have a um, alberta culture days event which is in similar extremely similar and I would encourage us to support an existing event that is being planned for some time already. But thank the province for this great idea. <laughs> Deputy Mayor? Could we do something like, I don't know, I'm trying to tell you what to do maybe, but just, you know, like switch up the Canada flag for the Alberta flag for yes. a little while or That's something a and make a, yeah. make a, you know, a social media yeah. thing. And, and it's, it's fairly inexpensive and at least we can honor the day on its inaugural yeah. thing and, and be more ready next year. That, that actually is a really great idea. We could definitely put together um, some social media and, and a flight type. Yeah. Okay. Anything further on that one? Sounds good then. Okay, so then we have a new provincial website on the future of provincial policing. 
And this website is set up by the Minister of Justice and Soci the Solicitor General. Mm -hmm. oh, I've known this guy's name. I've seen his name before. So. Yeah, have you? Good to hear that. Okay, so there's information there, and I guess uh, he's encouraging everyone to go to the website and join the conversation. No decisions have been made, he says, but there's a new website. Okay, so uh, would someone care to put forth a motion to accept the uh, information items uh, one, section 10, one through five for information? One through six, one through six. Councilor Carr will put forth that. All those in favor? It is carried, thank you. Okay, next we have notices of motion. Don't appear to have any. Okay, uh, comments from the public. I should mention we have a reporter from the South Peace News with us today. So you're welcome uh, to come to any of our meetings and thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. Okay, and um, key communication items uh, to be determined at the meeting. Our communication person is on holiday, but I think somebody else probably uh, trying to handle a few things on that desk as well. Anything we would like to uh, advertise? There is a uh, council, will, some councillors will be attending the um, August 14th um, dinner on the Bridge Walkway, which is happening this Sunday. Um, canoe on the Peace, the Paddle of Oh, Paddle yeah. the Peace, yeah. That's August, happening on uh, 20th. August 20th, okay. Mm. Other than that, uh, the Voyagers came and went, and uh, there was 80, 85 people that now know where Peace River is, and uh, suggest that we get out there and advertise paddling the Peace a little bit more, because they thought it was quite wonderful. Okay, so there's that. Anything else that uh, someone le would like to suggest as... Um, Would you have any comments from South Peace News that you would like, uh, or, questions. or questions, and we can get it out of the way now? Well, we'll help the cause <laughs> maybe to direct you to somebody. <laughs> okay, thank you. Okay, um, now we're uh, time to go into closed session. So we'll have a 10 minute break, then come back and probably move into that. And uh, for the members of the public, that's probably it for their meeting. So thank you.